Welcome to AMD Tech Talk, your source for the latest in data center innovation and insight on AMD's latest technology breakthroughs. And now here's your host, Jim Green. Thanks for listening today. Our guest is Sally Eves, and we're going to cover the topic of cybersecurity and the results of a recent AMD Code Jam Hackathon series. Sally, thanks for joining us. Oh, pleasure, Jim. Great to be here. Thank you. Let's get started with a little bit of context here for background. You really have such a broad reach and access throughout the industry. Can you give us a couple of quick sentences on your background and some of the engagements in the industry, especially those targeting driving technology use for good purposes? Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Um, actually, I've just taken on a new role, which is a senator one, which is very much related to uh, financial inclusion. I'm working closely with groups within the UN. So that's really exciting. So kind of scaling up a lot of work I've been doing around Excellent. tech for good with my non-for-profit. So really excited about that. And I've had a lot of roles kind of ranging from developer to CTO um, to CEO roles as well. So very much working right across technology, but also culture and the skills implications of technology too. So I've loved that. And, you know, on the cybersecurity side, um, I work as the kind of head of global cyber trust. So one of those funny titles, you know, that sounds um, quite a big one, doesn't it? Um, but it's for the foundation of cyber studies and research. So I head that. Also editor of Tech Native magazine um, and founder of Tomorrow's Tech Today. So it's a platform kind of bringing these stories to the fore. But again, massive focus on the technology, but also the community around the technology. And again, scaling tech as a force for business innovation, but social at the same time. So, yeah, very much a passion area of mine that. Wow, we'll have to have another podcast out to cover the 30 seconds of spare time you must have every week, uh, given, <laughs> given all much. those roles. So, uh, so Sally, thanks. You, you cast a very wide net in the security arena, as you just mentioned. You worked as a practitioner and as an advisor and a commentator on industry innovation here. As we move into 20, further into 2024, how do you see the security landscape evolving? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing is three S's. I, I like talking it in kind of pillars, but I'd say kind of the scope, <laughs> scale and sophistication of the threats. We, we've seen that all through last year. It's only going to continue. Um, and I would say threat diversi diversification Sorry, is right up there with this risk area expansion. Lots of different convergence areas, too. So IT and OT being a big one and say cyber crime as an economy. I did an event at a school this morning, um, which was super interesting. Lots of young talent really interested in getting involved in this area as a career. And they were saying they were like amazed really about the fact that, you know, you could buy a ransomware kit for, you know, the cup of a, a few cup of coffees for a week. You know, it's really, really interesting how, how that took them over in terms of my goodness. I didn't realize it was so accessible, you know, from a concern point of view that that cost of entry had come down so much. So on that side of things, we have that situation. But on the reverse of it, we also have things like ransomware gangs or OCGs and also tacking new sectors in different ways. So critical infrastructure, uh, supply chain targeting, IoT device attacks and also cloud native breaches as well. So it's almost such a pick and mix of different areas we could focus on here. But I think it really brings to the fore that diversification of and what we're dealing with here. But I think the other thing too is collaboration of even the bad guys, the bad actors. We're seeing more collaboration there and it's bringing back old things too, you know, old protocols um, in telecoms where I used to work as, as a CTO, but also reimagining threats like Emotet, for example. So we're seeing things like that. And of course, we haven't mentioned AI yet and we probably should have done already, shouldn't we? But we've seen it, you know. <laughs> oh, we'll, we'll get there. We'll I get think yeah, we're legally we've required. To to AI, yes. <laughs> so double-edged sword, obviously, in this area, but I'd love to obviously dive into that shortly too. Yes, awesome. <laughs> 
Excellent. Yeah, it, it's, it re really is amazing to see what's old is new again and threats that have been defeated before become reborn and, and repackaged and, and reimagined. And you mentioned kind of the, the quote unquote bad guys collaborating. That's what makes the kind of the white hat collaboration in really the ecosystem pulling together. It's a discussion you and I have had in your podcast, the really that whole ecosystem coming together to imagine threats and, and mitigations is really super important. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. A lot of what you write about in some of your other roles here is about the cyber resiliency. Why is this term important and how is it distinctive from cybersecurity? Yeah, great question. Thank you. And yeah, I'm seeing so much more resonance around that as a trend at the moment, too. And I would say it really focuses on integration. So a robustness, but also an integration around three areas. So it's data protection, cybersecurity, but also governance and probably governance as that anchor area, particularly with the AI context that, that I know I'm sure we'll come on to a bit later mm. on. But it's definitely that area and more around holism, I would say, in terms of what we're focusing on. So the technology, but also the cultural and skills aspects too, being more collaborative so again as we're talking about the bad guys as an industry and cross vertically as well coming together to address these challenges but also about proactivity and i think from an ai perspective that's one of the biggest kind of benefits we can see here in terms of ai as a partner so I'd love to dive into that a little bit later too but that for me kind of kind of brings to the fore the difference but also the you know capacity to perform well kind of even when you're under siege so defending the system but also ensuring availability in the usual way at the same time too so yeah pick a mix of areas i think are really important to define the difference around cyber resiliency mm -hmm. so let's uh, say we, we, we're all dying to hear about it we're dying to talk about it what, what do you see as the role of generative ai in cyber resiliency yeah, it's super interesting. So yeah, so the, from a double edge perspective, you know, da Davos has, has just been just been happening, and a new report came out there talking about AI as potentially kind of like the biggest power for misinformation in the in the short term, like the biggest threat in the world, so to speak. So we have, you know, that that's coming out there. So again, bringing to the fore AI governance really matters. Um, and on the negative side, AI can be weaponized, as, as all things can, to be frank. Um, but AI enables cyber attacks are increasing. So we're seeing things like, you know, for example, machine learning poisoning, uh, deep fakes, and also better leveraging. And unfortunately, you know, of AI and ML to analyze system vulnerabilities too. But on the reverse, I love to go, you know, for the positive. <laughs> AI can be our you know our proactive partner to defend, can't it? Yes. And in areas like user behavior analytics, I think is right up there. Also, say auto remediation. So system misconfigurations as well. So that complementary strength, AI and automation, that pairing, I think is super helpful, but also things like dedicated security orchestration platforms as well. So that's where I've seen that going. And also, if you think about some of the human factors that have always been a challenge, and particularly with the increased workload for ops teams, but things like burnout, operational overload, and you know alert mm -hmm. fatigue, we spoke about for, before as well. Again, Gen AI can really help to filter through the noise and again, have that complementary strength so that we don't miss opportunities to make a difference in cybersecurity as well. So yeah, I think a range of benefits there. So I'm really excited about where that's going, but underpinned by, again, the industry coming together and a real focus on governance, which we're certainly seeing at the moment, which is great to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've been kind of looking forward to spending security like you for, for, for a number of uh, years. And, you know, you can always remember customers saying, end customers and security professionals saying, I need more data. I need to see, I need more visibility, transparency to what's going on. And it isn't very long before that, before they get to say, I need to turn off some of this visibility. I need to, to, to shut down some of this data. There's too much of it, right? And I think AI is finally what we need to kind of 
bring those two worlds together and mitigate the, the last problem you just mentioned there around the human element, right? There's yes. only so much you can pay attention to. There's only so many hours in a day. There's only so many, you know, uh, alerts that someone can respond to. So uh, I think the, the, the promise of that is, is is really amazing and yes double-edged sword but like you i, I want to look at the, at the promise side of of how it, it can really help so it's absolutely uh, that's going to be a huge breakthrough <laughs> <laughs> so sally you were recently a judge to amd's co-jam hackathon that featured amd infinity guard technology and it was a delight to, to judge the submissions with you and it's always a delight to just work with you can you provide some perspective on why a hardware root of trust is important given everything we've discussed in the, the security realm. I absolutely and, and what a great experience, Jim, as well. I just want to emphasize that because again, in terms of things that the industry can do, I just think examples like this are so tangible and getting more people mm -hmm. involved, being able yeah. to learn on the fly, come together as a team and experience the technology firsthand. I just think it's amazing. Um so I just love all things about this. So that's my first kind of takeaway. What what a brilliant <laughs> light that was. But also, you know, I mentioned I did an event uh, at school um today and there was another one yesterday as well which was about confidential computing and that might be a really nice analogy about why this matters so much in terms of hardware router trust because if you think about it you know obviously data exists in three stages doesn't it across the life cycle so in use at rest and in transit yep. um and although customers are already taking lots of measures really to take, take that protection of data at rest to the fore but also in transit with existing encryption technologies mm -hmm. the ability to scale that protection of their data in use has been a challenge. So I think, you know, again, this event I've been involved in, I think confidential computing is a great example of that missing third stage of protecting data when in use via hardware protected trust execution. So those environments really, really mattered. It's key to providing that assurance that data is protected right across the entire life cycle. I think we really saw that, you know, I think attestation and this hardware based route of joint trust, sorry, they're like the key pillars. I love that term a lot, but they really are the key components <laughs> of this technology and it gives that evidence base around integrity and around protection around areas around unauthorized access and you know across different ways too whether it's administrator operator hacker it gives that that assurance so yet yeah, super key important yeah. area and going back to ai as well i'd looked recently earlier this week and it was one of your surveys actually that you did with edelman and it was looking around kind of the role of ai and opportunity and threat and kind of like the intention and action gap. So there's you know, such a, an opportunity to, to have benefits from AI, from productivity, efficiency, so mm -hmm. many different other areas. But is everything ready from an infrastructure and skills approach to be able to deliver on that right now? And it came to the fore from that study about a lot of people were concerned about whether their hardware is ready kind of to cope with AI workloads right now. So I also mm -hmm. think this hackathon really is kind of looking ahead at that particular area too. And I think it's helping to prepare that future talent and kind of raise the foreground of that area too. Because again, I think cross-discipline working is going to be hugely important for that challenge too. Sure. I mean, it's always, you know, we've dealt with security as a bolt-on uh, accessory to, to systems for a long time. Uh, I think it's always much more promising when we can see security being a foundational element of, of design Definitely. and consideration from from the design and, and how people are going to use it, right? That whole holistic point of view, it's a requirement if you're going to have uh, more effective security. Definitely. Absolutely. And I just think it fits into, you know, open software ecosystems yeah. with high performance hardware by design, really echoing what you were saying there. Definitely. hundred percent. What would, what was it about the winning submission that, that you found interesting? 
I like well, one aspect around it in terms of Secure Vault was the fact that it had multiple application areas as well. So it actually mm. went beyond financial services to non-financial areas as well. The combination of focusing on confidentiality and security, but also the way it was presented. Because again, it's not just about the technology. It's also about that, that team element and the vision and bringing people together. And there was a lot of reflection in that submission as well about the learning and what was going to happen next. So I thought that was really, really important. And then also yes. in terms of what the key threats are, areas are at the moment i thought it was very bang on in terms of what this was a proof of concept for so yeah again really really excellent submission but everyone again what i love about this is again this, this conversation is already happening off the back of some of these things and you're seeing the work beyond it yep. already so that excites me too so i always think hackathons yep. the, the beginning not an end yes it to me it, it's kind of the the perfect use of, of diversity because you're bringing all these ideas and perspectives together and, you know, and boil them all together. And it's, and it's going to make a, a wonderful booyah base at the, uh, at, at the end of the day. And you get some really good stuff out of that. So it's, uh, it's pretty awesome. In terms of those types of dynamics, what would you like to see from the industry to help keep pace with the, the security demands that you talked about evolving so, so, so rapidly here? And specifically, how can the hardware community contribute to bolstering cyber resilience? That's a great question. I think one area is around that cross-discipline and cross-sectoral working that I mentioned, particularly around the AI um, aspect that we mentioned just now. But another one, I think certainly around AI governance and across geographical mm -hmm. boundaries as well. This is yes. coming up increasingly, you know, um, in, in, in conversation areas is a, is a big, big challenge. It's adding to complexity and getting the balance right between this and balancing it with innovation as well. So I think a really good example of what could be done in a really good way would be the Cyber Resilience Act. So the focus there for, for everybody is, is around IoT and obviously it's European proposed regulation but like most of these things it's very global in terms of impact as most of these regulations are as well uh, and there was a lot of concern there particularly in the open source community of the effect that this would have and was the balance right and the industry came together really really effectively in terms of um, kind of voicing those concerns evidencing it. it was a real example of collaboration and only just a few weeks ago there was a big update to that to say there'd been you know there'd been adjustments um, and this had a particular impact around around hardware. So I just think this is exciting about what we can do to get that balance right and to work together. And I think we need to do more of that, you know, in terms of boosting <laughs> cyber resiliency. It's a great way to go forward. So I'd love to see more act activity like that. Um, and on the skills side, again, big challenge, obviously, is some of the skills gaps we see. And in terms of AI in particular, um, you know, it's not just about code biases. There are over 180 human biases, too. So diversity in teams really, really matters. And it can mm -hmm. help the you know, implicit bias as well. So I think more focus on skills opportunities, opening up new access opportunities in, I think is hugely important too. And I think hackathons are a great example of that. Um, yeah, so more of that, I think, yeah, I'm excited to get involved in more projects in that area too. Yeah, it is. It's easy to share access to software, right? Yeah. Sharing access to hardware can be a little bit more challenging. Yeah, so it's, it's great that we now have much more accessible means of, to be able to do that. So uh, this seems to be something that AMD is uh, is pretty interested in continuing to support. Thanks for thanks for uh, industry leaders like you for for getting in and facilitating. Cause it does require a lot of facilitation and and, and bringing together of of different uh, perspectives, not just technological technological perspectives, but socio-political. Absolutely. Well, this has been a great discussion, Sally, and thank you for it. How can our listeners follow along with you in 2024 as you further explore the security arena? 
Oh, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure to do that. And just to kind of call out as well, you know, anything that's resonating with people, always do feel free to reach out to. I really, really believe in that. So on social, kind of at Sally Eves, I'm pretty much everywhere on that. Um, and also tomorrow's <laughs> Tech Today, um, which is a podcast and a YouTube platform and, and an ecosystem really now too. And also Tech Native um, News as well. So also look out for something on called STEM.art coming very soon, which is very much about STEAM related scholarships across technology but and beyond as well. So yeah, if I could put a call out for that nonprofit. That'd be much appreciated, Jim. Thanks so much. <laughs> Breaking news here on the podcast. Thanks. Go, That's absolutely. great. Thank you. Very good. Well, my thanks to Sally Eves for the Center of New American Security and Global Foundation for Cybersecurities and Research and the Forbes Technology Council for joining us today to share her perspectives on security and AI and so much more. Absolute pleasure to join you, Jim. Thanks very much for having me. As always. And thanks to you all for listening. Until next time. Thanks for joining AMD Tech Talk. Find out more about the technologies discussed today at www.amd.com. 